Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Pickles and Vodka Podcast. It has been a hot minute since I released one of these things. I don't know if you noticed, but I've been a little quiet on the social media front. And last two Mondays ago, I didn't publish an episode. Um, It's not that I didn't have one prepared. I had, but the audio that I had was not the best quality. My schedule's been crazy, and I just haven't been doing very well mentally. Uh, The podcast has definitely fallen to the wayside a little bit. I apologize, but I also know that you guys understand. I'm coming back with a great episode featuring my friend Rachel. I met her at an all-women's motorcycle campout, which was just as fun as it sounds. And last summer, I visited her in her studio in New York. She's a really badass person. She's a mom and a small business owner, and I just love her, and you will too. Before I launch into our conversation, I do want to kind of give you guys an idea of what's going on with me, because for some of you listening, this is the only way you get to hear about my life. Uh, And I do want to be honest with you guys about what I'm going through, because, you know, you think, I have a mental health podcast, I must be a super healthy person. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't think any of you think that about me, but I struggled a lot and it's hard. Uh, This last week, I dropped out of the treatment program I was in. I was going three nights a week and it was basically like a group therapy session. Um, Most of the people that were there were there because the court told them to. So there was a lot of indifference. I, I did try to make the most of it for a few weeks. It was really nice to have somewhere to go, you know, almost every night and have the structure and it helped me get a good chunk of sobriety under my belt. So that was good, but it was just kind of going downhill. It was draining me financially. And then my favorite counselor got fired and that was just kind of the final straw. So I'm still seeing an individual therapist. I think it's really important to talk out some of your thoughts and processes with another person, uh, especially someone who knows what they're doing. So We'll see how that goes. I'll keep you guys in the know because I know you're all super interested about my journey through therapy. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, On the bright side, it's a new month. It's a new week. I'm feeling pretty good about April. The weather's been gorgeous here. I've been doing yoga, which has helped me a lot in terms of mental health. Highly recommend it. And I don't know. I feel like things can only go uphill from here. Hopefully... You guys feel the same way. With that said, here is Rachel. Hello. Oh my God, we made it. We did it. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate oh it. Of course, I'm sorry. I'm a nightmare to plan with. Dude, me too. It's okay. <laughs> are, are you all set up? You ready to get rolling? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I'm Fuck really nervous. Yeah. No, don't worry. It's I don't even know what I'm doing, so you're fine. No, it's great. I like I I've, I've listened to all of your episodes oh and my they're God. You're doing a great job. It's kind of like fun to jump on here and be like, "Hey, you don't really know me that well. Let me give you all my dirty secrets." So, part of why I'm nervous is that I'm just like really not very public about my mental health in terms of like putting it out there in the world. Right. It's scary. <laughs> it's really scary and I think that like it's really important but then I don't do it. So I'm like, okay, just like, just do it. Don't well, be afraid. <laughs> this is your excuse. <laughs> it is. It is. So do you want to just introduce yourself first and talk a little yeah. bit about what, who you are in a nutshell? 
I can, I could do that. I could do that. So my name's Rachel. I am a small business owner. I'm a mom. Um, I live in Brooklyn. Um, I don't even know how to like properly like introduce myself anymore. It's really, it's crazy having, having kids like it just, it's, it's really weird. It's a very, it's a really wonderful and empowering process, but it's also, I think as a woman really crazy because you like, lose some of yourself you gain some of your some like new stuff I don't know it's really crazy so then you're like okay like who am I now like other than a mom (laughs) well yeah it adds a whole facet to your identity if not like takes over your identity I would imagine yeah for sure for sure I obviously don't know anything about that (laughs) (laughs) hold off how old is your son Uh now he is 17 months old oh my god uh yeah, it's crazy. He's talking and walking. He is like so smart and so mischievous <laughs> and just um he's great. He's really really wonderful, really really sweet. Um but he is definitely like me and my husband's child. Uh we're both like adrenaline junkies, you know, obviously ride motorcycles. I was a sponsored snowboarder in high school. Um, and just, you know, and like live in life on the edge forever. And so he's very much that in a child. Oh. <laughs> so, oh my it's goodness. really tough because you can't like, you can't keep your, you can't take your eyes off of him. He like gets into everything and like his new thing is like climbing on the toilet in the bathroom, but then also climbing onto the vanity is like the new thing as well. So oh, he can like fun. play. Yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. You're going to like smash your head open and there's certain things that he does that I'm like I like to, there's part of our couch that's like not against a wall and he likes to climb to the top of that and like lean over the edge and I'm oh like do do that you're gonna fall on your head don't do that you're gonna fall on your head and of course he thinks it's funny and it's a game so finally the other day I actually just like I was like cool just let him fall I mean there was like obviously stuff piled up behind the yeah. couch so he like actually get hurt but you know I was like all right you're just gonna cool go for it bro <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is, that for <laughs> is that how you were raised? Just like, did they, your parents just let you fall and like, let you do your thing? I mean, it's, I don't really remember. I'd like to say yes. I think when we were kids, it was like a different time, right? There wasn't like this hover parent concept was like not really a thing. So I think as a parent now, like that is very much how I parent of just like, cool, like do it, figure it out. Obviously like keep him safe, but I'm not like, hovering over him oh don't do that oh you're gonna fall like some of my um friends do you know and whatever everybody's got their own style it's not you know judgment either way um exactly he definitely pushes the boundaries because he has that freedom so yeah (laughs) a good thing or not we'll see i guess (laughs) with my parents like they had so many kids i feel like with me i was the firstborn they were really protective but then as they kept having more kids they were like screw it they'll figure stuff out they'll be fine yeah i (laughs) I think it's healthy it is healthy and it's funny like i was never you know he's obviously my first kid but i really never experienced that like desire to really protect them or be really worried I don't know I think it's something about like my probably mental health where (laughs) I just don't really I'm not really afraid of a whole lot like I'm not really scared of what the future holds or what might happen like it's like what's gonna happen is gonna happen you can't really like stop anything right so like why waste the energy on like worrying about it so that definitely comes to play in you know parenting style and like how raising the little guy is but that's a really um, healthy mindset to have 
Did you I, always feel that way? Honestly, I'm just really selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I am just like not good at like being so worried about someone else. Like, if that, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Does that make me sound like a terrible parent? Oh, no, God. I think worry Sorry. is like a toxic thing sometimes when you worry right? about someone else. It's just yeah, all this negative like, energy. When, like, when that's what you're putting out there and that's what you're focusing on, like I just feel like it's super unhealthy. Certain emotions like fear and anger, like I just find to be super, super toxic. And I just kind of um, over the years have just decided that like I don't really want them to be a part of my life. I mean, granted, that doesn't mean I'm never angry or never afraid or, you know, never worried. Like obviously I'm a normal person and I still have those. But, you know, especially when I was pregnant, I really made an effort to be like I, you know, in the city, I live in Brooklyn. It's fucking rough here and people are assholes and like it, you can get enraged so easily oh just my God, like yeah walking down the street. And when I became pregnant, I just like was like, you know what, like, I everything that I experienced, this little guy is going to experience. And I just really don't want those emotions to be a part of his world yet. You know, there's no reason for it. So I just really made an effort to kind of like be very calm and chill. And, and, you know, not to say that's like what to do or whatever, but he is very calm and chill and happy baby. So it worked out well for me, whether that's why he's that way. I don't know, but it, you know, it it seemed to do the trick for me. Well, yeah, I bet it had a lot of effect. And turn them, I'm like a much more, you know, chill parent now too, which is kind of cool. So, um, talk a little bit about your background because I don't know. I met you like how many years ago, two years ago? I think so. Two years ago, right? You were you just you had just gotten pregnant. It was at yep. this motorcycle camp out for women in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. awesome. Super awesome. So happy to meet you. Um, and so you actually met me after I kind of like made that decision to be this like calm, normal person. So like you only know that side of me. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> the flip side. So I was just a very unique um, individual as a child. I was, I'm an artist, obviously. Um, As you know, I guess your listeners wouldn't know that, obviously. (laughs) I'm an artist. I grew up as an artist and just had always had a different outlook on the world. And as a result of that, I never really fit in to um, the peer groups that I was exposed to mainly through school, because that's like, right, when you're a kid, that's primarily what your, your groups are. Yeah. So, I grew up going to a private school and was just tortured. Like I I was the runt in the class. I was the youngest. I was the smallest. I, you know, had this kind of different outlook on life and just was so not accepted and not like it was it was pretty awful. Um Was and this had, in New York? This was not. Or... I'm actually sorry, I'm from Colorado originally. Okay. So I grew up, I was, I was born in Aspen, um, and then spent most of my life in down in Denver, but, um, my family actually has a hotel up in Aspen. So kind of going up there all the time. So when I like my hometown is really Aspen, even though I didn't really, really, really live there as I was growing up, like I was that, that's like where my, my home is. And so, so I was in Denver going to this private school and it just was such a struggle educationally. It was fantastic. 
But in terms of that, like socializing, it was it was just so bad. And so finally, my mom, my parents like decided to take me out and put me into public school and see if just a different environment would be better for me. And so socially, I did really well at public school. But school wise, academically, I did so bad because I was so far ahead. Yeah. You're like bored there. Yeah. So I just like, I never did my homework. I was always getting in trouble for not doing the assignments. I had like detention on lunch all the time. I had this like awful teacher that just like hated my guts too. So that didn't help. So I like bounced back and forth between public school and private school for a really long time. I was homeschooled for a little while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I mean like six months, not like you guys were. Still, (laughs) like you've experienced it all. It's hard to meet people like that. It's true. I have experienced it all uh, when it comes to education. (laughs) So, yeah, so I, I, again, like, finally, it was middle school. I'd started out in public school and then gone back to private school. And then that just, like, wasn't working. So my mom was like, you know what? My I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me. So my sister at the time was a toddler. And my mom was kind of like, well, you know, why don't we homeschool you? And you can, like, be home with me and, like, you know, your sister. And you can help me with her and um, that kind of deal. So it was only – I think we only – no, I think it was a year and a half that I was homeschooled for. So it was, like, a good, a a, good chunk. Yeah, that's middle. a good chunk of time. For sure. So, and then high school started and this private school that I had bounced back and forth from did not have a high school. So that was like not an option. So I went to public school and I was bored. I was really, really bored academically. So I just was like, you know what? I'm in high school. Like this doesn't matter to the rest of my life. Like I wasn't one of those kids that's like, oh my God, I'm going to go to Ivy League. Like I was like, whatever, this is high school. Like this isn't on my permanent record. Like my future school, you know, my future um, jobs are going to care about college. They don't like, they're not going to look at your high school. So I never went to class. (laughs) Um, I partied like a ton. I was going to graves. I was doing all kinds of drugs. I was just going crazy and, ha- you know, just having fun. I was a kid. Like, yeah. why not? How um, did your parents feel about it? Did they know? I, they knew. I, I was never, like, a really good, like, liar. I've always just kind of been like, oh, like, this is this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. Deal with it. So it was sophomore year, middle of sophomore year, and I was going to truancy court because – like Colorado state law, like you actually have to go to school certain number of days per year. Um, and I was falling behind that because I was ditching so many classes. And, um, so I had to go to truancy court and my parents decided to send me away. So it was just a really, I think, crazy time for my family of like what was going on. My, my, my sister was, you know, a toddler. My parents were kind of going through a rough time at the time. And I think it was just, I think, too much for my mom. And it was like, okay, one of these things needs to change. And like, she couldn't, you know, make my dad go away. She couldn't make my toddler sister go away. So it was like, okay, you're the one. Get out. <laughs> So I like actually begged them to like kick me out and like let me like become a street kid and like live my life. Okay, so when you say like kicked you out, like you you weren't going to boarding school or anything, you were literally just going out on your own. That's well, no, I begged them to do that. 
what they did because I, my parents are like super awesome and so supportive and caring and just like really wonderful people. They found a program in Texas that was like for specifically for troubled teens. So it was, it was boarding school. They call it boarding school. When I explain what it is to people, I call it boarding school just because people can kind of understand that a little bit more. Um, But it was not boarding school. Like this was like therapy camp for kids. Okay. So we literally had therapy like six days a week. Um, We had personal like private sessions. We had all kinds of different group sessions with like our house would have a session. And then like they'd put us in all these other groups with other, other kids that were there. And it was just a lot of therapy and talking through. And I think their main mission was like not to just like label us as like bad and troubled kids. Their mission was to be like, okay, what's going on that's causing this behavior? And this was Um, in addition to all your normal school stuff too. Yes. You were doing school there as well. School there as well. Um, We started out, it it was a level system. So you started out at a, you know, level zero. You were in this one house that was like more like prison where you like had to wear like literally gray t-shirts. You had chores. You, we homeschooled there. We weren't allowed to go like go to school. So it was all through correspondence classes Sounds Uh, like inpatient. Yeah, basically, basically, totally, basically inpatient. And then, you know, as you, then like, as you like moved up the level system and like, they like realized like you weren't going to hurt yourself because obviously like cutting was a huge thing. There was a lot of like self-mutilation that was going on. Um, With you or with like all the other people? I did a little bit. Um, Actually, I did a little bit before I went. I didn't really do anything there. I've always just been like too smart for my own good. So by the time I got to this thing, I was like, okay, I'm here. And the expectations were very clear. And so it was like, I don't want to be here. So I saw other kids that like would act out and rebel. And like, you know, if you would get in trouble in the like inpatient area, like that school, you would get sent to like wilderness camp where like they literally like drop you in the woods and you have to like, learn basic survival skills. Oh my God. Uh, so there's something more extreme than that. Yes, totally. <laughs> yes, there is. There is. So um, you just kind of put your head down to get through it? Exactly. I was like, you know what? I like don't want to be here. I don't want to like have this go on for years and years and years. Like I want to get back to my life. And so I just was like, I'm going to be that person. I'm like, okay, do all the things. And I did. And I actually like got through the program as fast as you possibly can. Like, cause there are kind of times like you have to be on this level for two months and then if you're meeting all these expectations and you are doing this then you can move up to the next one so I hit every time I like hit the mark and was moving up and moving up and moving up did you feel like you were working on the issues themselves or were you just kind of like saying what they wanted to say or what they wanted to hear so while I was there is when we kind of really started to dive into like my mental health so I am diagnosed ADHD, like severe ADHD and um, manic depressive. And when I first started there, they obviously pushed for medication to kind of manage what's going on with you. And my mom is like, we're like holistic family. Like I never took antibiotics as a kid. Like we're like, don't, you know, don't go to the doctor because you're sick. Like you don't put these chemicals into your body. So my mom really fought against 
putting me on any medication at first. And eventually she did like cave into it and, and allowed them to like put me on medication and different, you know, we tried whatever, a few different things. Um, and to answer your question, I definitely do think that there was some like going through, but quite honestly, like I didn't really have like major issues that was causing my behavior. I just was a teenager and like Mm. wanted to have fun, you know, like it wasn't, I wasn't rebelling because I was like angry at my parents. I was just like, fuck high school. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm going to party. Fair enough. So I can't, you know, it's hard to say, and God, the, like, keep in mind that, like, I'm old. And so this was, like, almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Not quite that. It's, like, 18, I think, 18 years ago now. So it's, you know, a little bit hard to really remember, like, so many of the details of right. kind of what was going on at the time. But there definitely were some, like, issues and things that happened. And so I do, like, for me, it was such a wonderful experience in the sense that like I came out of it like so self-aware. So as I was getting older and going to college and all these other things were happening and I, you know, obviously like anyone does, you know, struggling with like, what's my place in this world and like, what am I doing? And, you know, as anyone does, like I just came at it with a very educated perspective of like not getting so wrapped up in like this is the end all be all but being able to have a person you know a a, um what's the word that I'm looking for I mean as someone who has gone through a lot of life experience like I do look up to you as someone who has some insight on that because it's hard when you're going through it it's super hard as you're going through it to have like a god I really want to use this word I can't (laughs) Think of it. It's gonna drive me crazy. Not perspective. Uh, I don't know. I mean, kind of perspective of just like understanding that, like what was happening at the time. Like it would pass, you know. Like this isn't the end of the world. This isn't gonna be something that's going on forever. And also, like understanding that, like other people are going through shit too. Yeah. So, like as much as I just, I think I never took the perspective of like. I'm always right and you're wrong, like, in any, like, kind of conflict or anything, like, it was always, like, okay, this is why I'm feeling this way, and kind of, like, maybe dragging that out of other people of, like, okay, like, I understand this is what's going on with you, but, like, what's deeper, I think, is kind of what it really taught me, is, like, what's deeper, because I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to, like, conflict, there's kind of this surface level of what's happening, of, like, oh, you left the toilet seat up, and I'm gonna, like, freak out at you, (laughs) but, like, not what it's about. It's about deeper things in our relationship, you know, not that that's like what's going on in my relationship at all, because it's not, but just that <laughs> example, you know, just kind of always looking what's, what's deeper, what's deeper, what's deeper, um, instead of taking things for like face value. Just which like think, looking at the big picture and like how that'll affect you in the long run. Totally. It was a really strange experience, I think. And, and like I said, I tell people it was boarding school because it's really hard to for people to understand like what it was like and what we went through and it's I was with a friend that I met through there and I'm like trying I'm drawing a blank as to where we were what was going on but I just remember saying like oh we met at boarding school and their reaction was like oh is that what you tell me (laughs) (laughs) you mean the fucking prison (laughs) yeah exactly like yeah you know I mean I think again like there is part of that like we don't publicly 
really share our like mental wellness because like there is a fear of that judgment and there is a fear of like, okay, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I think that there is a little bit of that that is just being protective of not wanting to be like, oh yeah, I got like sent off to like mental health, like lock up (laughs) when I was in high school, you know, because like, I mean, I don't want to be judged. How old were you when you got out? So I was 16 when I got out. Okay. And so like you said, that was like 20 years ago. So what happened after that? I, I wouldn't say it really changed my behavior in any way. Um, my, unfortunately for my parents, oh, no. um, they did not want me to go back into the habits that I had before it. And they did not want me to have the same friends that I had before. So when I got out, my family actually moved up to Aspen for me to finish school up there. And yeah, so it was just kind of like a fresh start. However, Aspen is a party town. (laughs) So like, you know, it was, it was where our family was. So it made sense from that standpoint of like needing the support or wanting that support. But like my mom grew up there and she actually sent herself away to boarding school. Just, she went to just like regular traditional boarding school uh, because like she was partying so much. Oh, wow. So So it's like history repeating itself kind of. Exactly. I'm like, mom, what were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) So I got out at the very end of my junior year. Now, it's actually really kind of interesting. I, I ended up basically doing my entire high school education in that one year. So because I was getting truancy before I left, um, yeah. I was behind in my I, was my, I was behind my sophomore year. And then I obviously was there for my junior year. But I also was doing once I was able to they, they did let you go like you could earn going to public school as like part of the when you got to a certain level and like you could go to public school. So while I was going to public school for my junior year, I was actually also taking correspondence classes. Damn. So I mean, there wasn't anything else to do. This mind <laughs> you was also in like Hicksville, East Texas. Like literally it was like 20 minutes from the Louisiana border. Like there was like nothing. Oh wow, I'll say no more. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Sorry anyone so- <laughs> listening from there. I don't think there's Seriously. anyone. But- I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. It's beautiful country. Like we had horses. It was wonderful. Like I loved it. Um, lots of good memories, but like it's really boring. <laughs> so then you went to Aspen, Party City. And- so then I went to Aspen, Party City. And um, I, <laughs> this is terrible. Um, so I came out like, I think like a month before junior year ended. So um, I went to school, I went to public, public school in Aspen for that final month of junior year so that I could like get to know people before we started the summer. Summer started, started my June, my senior year. And I think I made it through like a month and a half and, um, I got expelled. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off on a great note. Seriously, right? Like just what you would hope. I won't like dive into that because it's like not important details, but there were certain people at the school that were like out to get me. And my mom had actually like, she, my mom is awesome. She like, been like my defender, like forever. She had hired a lawyer. Like we were going after the school because I was like wrongfully being expelled. Um, but I just kind of looked at her and I was like, mom, like, I don't, I don't want to be here. They don't want me here. Like, can we just like figure something else out? And at that point, I only needed like four classes to graduate. So like four single semester classes. So 
I ended up just doing a couple correspondence classes and a couple classes at the college. And like, I spent my entire senior year snowboarding every day. <laughs> so, wow, that's, that sounds pretty, awesome, actually. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Um, I mean, the important thing is that you finished. I mean, I, I did. So <laughs> I did. I got a diploma. I did finish. And then, yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I made it out. I made it out alive. Um, I think that was one of my mom's fears, like, you know, to her, like, defense, like, she just didn't really know what was going on with me. Like, she didn't realize that it was because I was so smart. Like, I should have been put in advanced placement classes. Mm -hmm. And if I think that if I had been, I definitely like my life would have been very, very different, because I really, I love to learn. And I really like to be challenged. But I just, again, like, I was so bored. I just was like, screw this. Now that you're a mom yourself, do you see that the school system has changed to accommodate kids like you were? Or is that something you're worried about for your son? I'm worried about it for my son, for sure. I think that the educational system has probably gotten a lot worse since I was a kid. Um, You know, just like from what you, and maybe it's the internet of just like what you read and what you hear of just... I also find it to be a very outdated system. Um, you know, they're still teaching the same curriculum they were from 50 years ago. And it's like, we're yeah. not like our society has changed so much, but our educational system hasn't changed at all. And so that really does worry me. But the ADHD for me, it's just like, it, it's, it's really hard to explain what it's like to live with ADHD. I think that there's been people that I've said, oh, I have like ADHD. And they're like, oh, yeah, so does everybody. And it's like, okay, I get like, yes, in our society, like, people are distracted more often. And there's so many other things pulling you a different direction. And I get that. But I like, it's it's hard to explain what it's like. It's crazy. Like, you can't finish a thought like I mean am I like my poor husband puts up with it all the time of like I'm like I'll literally like be walking in circles because my brain is just like working so fast and like thinking about this and this oh I gotta do that oh I gotta do that oh I gotta do that and it's just like it's really hard it's really really hard so when were you diagnosed when you're in Texas when I it actually took longer um I wasn't diagnosed until I was much older and it really came because my, again, like I said, my mom was very holistic. She was really against um, any kind of medication. And a lot of like my actual diagnoses have come when she finally will admit <laughs> that there's an issue. <laughs> and it comes from like, she she has it as well. Like she has okay. it as well, very severe. And I think it finally really came into effect when she like was like I have ADHD and like started taking medication for it and I will never forget the day that my mom like called me and told me like hey I'm taking medication for ADHD it's awesome oh my god just so you guys did you guys talk about mental health growing up for sure oh for sure it's always been an open discussion with my family for sure struggling with mental health runs in my family so there's definitely an openness to discussing it. There's no like stigma around it, as I know I'm sure other people deal with and that kind of fear of being able to like talk openly about what's going on with their parents. I didn't experience that. My That's mom's awesome. biggest thing was like, was literally just the medication and like putting this chemical into your body because yeah. they're so like holistic and like 
eating organic and all, you know. So it's hard. A lot of people have, you know, sometimes it's trial and error to find a med that works for you. We talked about it in previous episodes. Like, it's scary. It's very scary. It's very hard. Um, And I think, you know, I think it's really, really difficult for a psychiatrist to really understand what's actually going on in a short session. One, because like, obviously you can tell them what you want to hear. But two, like for me being manic depressive, like you could catch me on a good day and everything's great. And you could catch me on a bad day and everything is the worst, you know? So so explain that diagnosis for the listeners. So that actually came again, it's come later. Like when I, when I was in Texas, they actually diagnosed me as bipolar tendencies because I had a lot of anger. I actually, as I've gotten older, I've really, really realized that more of it was about PMS and hormones than anything. But again, because you're in a meeting, I mean, yeah, I had a therapist, but the psychiatrist is the one that's like giving these diagnoses out, right? You're sitting with a psychiatrist for an hour a month. Like how deep and how much can he really understand in such a short amount of time? Sure, he's got like input and feedback from like your other counselors that you're talking to. But like, really, it's just a really difficult and flawed system. And it's something where I feel so adamant about people like being their own advocates and not just like taking what they you know, what they're told of like, oh, you have this your you know, textbook this because it's not there's so many factors that I just don't think we look at enough. And honestly, for me, as a as an adult now, and having had a child and being a woman, like women's health is so not explored and not understood, like in a way that it's so infuriating, that there are like lawmakers that are trying to make laws about our bodies when like, they don't even understand what it's like. And um, I think it's taken me a really long, a long time to understand that mental health is so much more than just what you're thinking and what you're feeling that there are especially for women. Oh, yeah. Hormones have a huge role to play. Oh, my God, that like come into play that like, it's, it's not all the time. Again, like if you're seeing a psychiatrist, when you're PMSing, like, it's going to be one thing, like, I'm yeah. like, a different person, you know, depending on what week it is. And just getting to know myself better and understanding that that is a huge factor in my mental health has been so like freeing. And also like really helped me to evaluate like, what is the right treatment for me? Because it doesn't have to be like medication. I think, and, I, and I'm not like anti-medication by any oh, yeah. means. Like, I think it's phenomenal. I like, there definitely were points in my life that like, I probably would be dead if I wasn't put on medication. You know, I, I am not a huge fan of like it being a crutch as I think it gets used for yeah. a lot in our society. It's not the like, end all be all, like you said. It's not, it's not, it's not the answer. It's going to be, it's a temporary fix yeah. in my mind, at least. And I understand that there are people that are suffering from other things that it's like, you know, Hey, if you are bipolar, like take your medication, <laughs> like yeah. don't feel good and be like, oh, I don't need this. Like, no, you do. <laughs> but I just, I think that there are other ways, especially through like working out and diet, like diet is a huge, huge, huge part of it. And I think that that's something that really is not explored enough 
when it comes to talking about mental health. Like what else are you putting into your body? Because GMO and all, all of these other things, like that all plays a factor in like what's going on. It's such a like, and, and not that I know by any means, but <laughs> the chemicals, like we're understanding so much more. And like, if you're putting something into your body that like doesn't agree with it, like, or, or can be like possibly triggering it. And yeah, like, I feel like everything has a ripple effect. Like, that, for sure. Like that, you know, if that's what, if you're only like looking at like scenarios and like what's going on in your life, like what's triggering you, like it could very well be what you're eating <laughs> yeah. and you're not realizing yeah. that because like you're, you know, that's just not something that is really discussed so much when it comes to talking about mental health. Yeah, so I that's, think it's a good point to look at the whole picture you know, like it's easy to isolate your mental health from everything else, but it's literally everything has an effect on it. It does. So you have spent a lot of time thinking about all this stuff. Um, were there any pivotal moments in your journey, I guess, that helped you come to this point? I wouldn't say like there's been like super pivotal moments or, or just people like living the, life. Like, yeah, living life. And again, like that boarding school that I went to, (laughs) Um, you know, just from a young age, kind of being forced to really look at yourself and self-evaluation. That has been like, just, I think, such a wonderful gift for me as a human, as I'm like getting teary about it, because I like, seriously feel like, it was such a wonderful thing that my mother gave to me to like, allow me to really understand myself. Yeah. Granted, like, I still struggle. Like, um, I, when I became pregnant, I stopped taking the ADHD medication because obviously like I was again, like living for someone else. I'm like, yeah. not wanting to like shove crack into a system at a young age. <laughs> so I, I haven't been on it and it, it's just, it's really, really hard. It's really hard to not be taking it. And again, you know, I try to manage things through diet and exercise as well, but it's just like nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, going back to the ADHD, (laughs) that's not something I've talked to any other guests with yet. Um, Do you kind of want to go into your experiences with that and like how it's changed through your pregnancy and like how it affects you now? Yeah, I guess it's really just, it's really difficult because it affects everybody in such different ways. Um, But for me personally, it just makes like completing tasks understanding priorities like being able to like focus on something it it just it makes life like incredibly difficult and for you as a small business owner that must get really annoying it's it's really really hard and and and, you know in so many ways it's really held my business back and it sucks um first of all do you want to tell the listeners about your business real quick Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I studied photography and, um, when I moved to New York, I was a producer. I worked in high end fashion, did like huge worldwide campaigns, worked with amazing artists. And I was so miserable. The fashion industry was really awful. And when Um, was that? This was, I, well, I started my business five years ago. So I started, I moved to New York almost 10 years ago. So this was 10 years ago. I worked in that industry for almost five years and it just got to a point that the, I was working for an agency and I mean, literally like dream job, you know, working with like massive artists, massive campaigns, like all the top fashion magazines, you know, Vogue, W, Love, like just 
really doing some wonderful stuff. And um, I couldn't stop work. Like I couldn't, because of the ADHD, I could not turn my brain off. Like I thrive when I'm busy. And so I just will, I'll just keep going and keep going and keep going. And so that's kind of what was happening. And in order for me to sleep, like I would leave my work and I would go to the bar and I would Yum. stay at the bar until bars close here at four. So I'd be at the bar until 4am down and like just had to get like shit faced and black out. Cause that was literally like the only way that I could turn my brain off to sleep. And uh, had you been diagnosed at that point with ADHD? I had been, I wasn't taking any medication because again, with like the manic depressive, when you're thriving like that and it's, you don't want You don't want to stop you're, you're busy and you're going and it's like, it feels good. You're like, yeah, I'm accomplishing all this stuff. I'm doing it. I'm moving. I'm grooving. Like, this is awesome. But like, it was just so physically unhealthy. And that just, I came to a point of like, I can't, I was so, I was just like miserable. And like, and not to mention like being treated like garbage. Like you're, I'm working this hard and literally like destroying my body doing this. And then like, you don't know, thank you. Like as a producer, like you don't get any credit. You don't get any thank yous. Like if everything goes well, all the artists get everything. And like you don't even get mentioned. You bending over backwards to help these people and do all this stuff and make all this stuff happen. Like you're the one that's making it happen. You know, it's their vision or whatever. But like you're the one that's like actually making sure people are there and people are fed. And like the, you know, all the elements are correct for them to like create that like – you know, you're the one that's doing it and like, no, no, thank you. And then of course, like if anything goes wrong, it's your fault. <laughs> so Was recognition something that was important to you then? Totally. Um, and I think that's definitely part of like why I ended up leaving. Cause I was just like, I am a creative. I've been an artist my whole life. I am a creative. And like, it was kind of like, you know, just sitting on the sidelines as like the towel boy, you know, yeah. <laughs> being like, and then eventually being like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Um, but it does look really great on paper it's one of those things you just have to try it out it does and I I did enjoy it I learned so much I mean like I I produced worldwide and so like I can make shit happen anywhere like anywhere which is an amazing thing for me like as a motorcyclist right like yeah you're riding you're on you're on the road like you're by yourself shit goes wrong like I nothing like I think that's part of why I'm never afraid because like mm. I can make I can make anything happen anywhere I mean granted like whatever not anything but like I know how to make things happen and get things done you can and, handle like, your so, shit exactly so like that is it was amazing it was a wonderful gift to to get to do that and to have those opportunities. But again, it was just like destroying me. And so I ended up quitting my job and starting my business. So I, and honestly, like, I think that I just wanted something different so badly that I didn't, and probably part of this is part of the ADHD, like I suck at planning. And so I was just like, I'm quitting my job, and I'm gonna like, make leather bags. And that's what I'm doing with my life. now. (laughs) I I have been working with leather since I was in college. It was something I always enjoyed. And like, I quit my, ended up quitting my job in uh, February. And I remember sitting in November with my aunt being like, I've got to quit my job. Like, I'm so miserable. And she was like, okay, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I never really like thought about like what it was I really wanted to do. And, And honestly, all that came to mind was to like make leather bags. I've been doing it forever. I loved it. It's so like meditative. They are um, gorgeous leather bags too. Okay. You guys should go look up Rachel's business. What's the name and like where can they find it? Doomed NYC. 
um, D-O-O-M-E-D-N-Y-C, like New York City. Um, you can check us out. We're on Instagram. And you don't just make bags website. either. Like, I have your pins. They're gorgeous. Yeah. So like it's a shirts. full, like, lifestyle brand. Um, so it started out just with the bags. And then... Um, you know, I kind of really realized like me hand baking every individual piece is like not realistic. <laughs> so we started to add in these other things so people could get a part of the brand, you know, also the cost of a handmade bag yeah, is yeah. expensive. So we added these other pieces in to kind of you know, be more affordable for people that, you know, really wanted to be a part of the brand but couldn't quite afford them yet. Or, um, you know, just adding in pieces that, that isn't completely made by me because I couldn't you know it's it's been five years now and I'm just finally to a point where I'm kind of caught up with my list of to do's it's hard it's really really hard we've had some other obstacles I was in a really bad motorcycle accident and shattered one of my arms I was in a cast for nine months so that you know when you hand make bags and like you you know you don't have an arm to use for like basically a year you know, there's not much business going on. So there's been, you know, setbacks on that, obviously, like getting pregnant. And yeah. so although, like, I will tell you, like, I, I pushed that kid out and I was back in my studio after a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because the time of year, he's born at the end of October. And um, Christmas, I do like corporate gifts and different things. And um, the holidays are just like insane time for me. And so I just I had a big order for a client and was just like, sorry. So how do you, bringing it back to mental health, like how do you balance that all out and stay healthy when everything's crazy? You know, I don't have that figured out. (laughs) I I don't have an answer to tell you. When my ADHD is managed, my manic depressive really subsides a lot. And I think that like, it's more like manic depressive tendencies because I go through these phases of like being like super on fire and excited about what the projects I'm working on and being like, this is so cool. I love this to then the flip side of it where I'm just like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? I'm just like not being able to get anything done. Um, you know, I've heard about, um, manic depressive episodes being described as like the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Would you feel like that applies to you? For sure. For sure. And I, I also have just recently read something that said that that basically the point of the article was that manic depressive is like the worst for productiveness. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Them, it's like the worst. Because literally, like how you're feeling affects how much you can get done. And then like add in ADHD to that and be like, I don't know. I don't know how I own my own business. But I think that for me, it's just been about like, it's been a, it's been a journey. I, I have to say that it's been a really, really long and hard journey, just figuring out like how to have a business, how to be creative, how to, you know, love what you're doing after the joy has been sucked out of it, <laughs> how to manage like getting stuff done. Because I, I, you know, I've had plenty of pissed off customers that are like, I don't understand why you're taking forever to get this done. I'm just like, yeah, I know that you don't understand. I can't explain it to you. But like, mentally, I struggle. And I mean, how do you say that to a client? It sounds like a cop out. It sounds like like I, you know, I'm not trying to put you off. But like, I really just like have too much on my plate. And I'm struggling. It's definitely been easier to say that since I had a kid. I well, not I say that that like gives me an excuse. But it does like people are a lot more understanding of like, Oh, you have a child. 
versus yeah. like, oh, you have mental health issues. Like, well, that's so cool, important to talk about because it is something that affects everyone's productivity, but it isn't something people talk about. Like, it's easier to say, I have a cold or I had a kid. You know, you can't just tell totally. someone I'm in a depressive episode. Like, no Sorry. one's going to give a yeah. shit. I'm in a depressive episode. I haven't gone on my couch for two days. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not that excited about this project as you are. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't really have an answer. I, re- I Like medication for me is really, it's really helpful. It's like night and day difference. But again, like I'm currently not taking it. I have been off it for a couple of years and there's a huge difference in my quality of life and the quality of my business when I am taking it. But I also realize that like now is an important time where like, you know, you have to make sacrifices for your family. Yeah. And as much as it's a difficulty for me as a business owner to take that step back, like I also understand that like it's so much better for me as a mom to do what's best for my child. Yeah, for sure. Just hope and pray that he never has to deal with it. That's the scary thing. Like, you just don't know. You don't. I mean, so, like I mentioned, my mom, my mom has it too. And I was just thinking about it this afternoon of like, okay, we're gonna get on this call. And like, what am I gonna say? Like, but you know, there's so many things of I watched my mother do growing up and was like, I will, I will never do that. I will never do that. Yeah. And then what happens? Sure enough, like, it's just like, it's in you, you know, and there's not as much as you want to like fight who you are, like you really just can't, like if you have it, you have it. And that's like, you know, not again, like there are lifestyle changes and obviously being really aware of it makes things a little bit different and a little bit, I think easier to deal with, you know, me finding out in my twenties versus, you know, my mom finding out in her fifties, like, you know, just imagine that, like, and what can be done in that time. So it's cool. It's great. It's nice for me, you know, hopefully for my kids, it can be something that I'm aware of. And it's so funny. Actually, this is really funny. The moment that my mother realized that I had ADHD was she was actually my parents got divorced when I was 21 or something like that. And so I was out of the house, but my sister is 10 years younger than me. So my sister was like 10. And my sister was in therapy, obviously kind of going through counseling and everything to deal with what was going on with the family. But they had my mom like take a test of like, hey, does your child have that? Just try, you know, whatever for ADHD. My mom was like, oh, none of this fits for Rebecca, but it all fits perfectly for Rachel. And that was like, the it was a really big realization for my mom of being like, oh my God, like that's why you've been like this. You know, and it's fit together. Seriously, I mean, it's crazy when those things just like click into place. I don't know. Do you think that changed the way she interacted with you after that? Definitely, definitely. And I think she became a lot more, I think for her, like, especially when she started taking medication for it, like, once she personally experienced it, which is tough to say that, like, that she had to experience it personally to to really be able to understand it for me. That was really it was like, once she really started taking medication. And honestly, I medicated myself in college. I had a friend that had you know he didn't have ADHD but like had been prescribed it because I think when we were kids like they were just like let's give every kid like (laughs) Adderall so we like would trade and I would like give him back rubs and he would like give me his ADHD (laughs) medication 
Hey, whatever works. I like help myself medicated myself for a long time. And I mean, quite honestly, it was actually once I had kind of figured out that that's what was going on with me. It was really hard for me to get actually see a psychiatrist that would prescribe it. That's so um, messed up because it's, just um, crazy. it's like you were saying earlier, ADHD is one of those terms that's kind of tossed around as a joke, but it is a real thing, but it's also, I feel like, hard to prove. It's hard to prove, and I think that, like, it, it's really interesting because I think when kids are in school and they're struggling, like, it's so, they're like, oh, whatever, he's got ADHD, give him some Adderall, that'll fix the problem, you know? <laughs> but then, like, once you get into college, they start to treat you like you're like a drug addict and like you're there to try and get drugs out of them. Well, what do and they so, expect? That's how they raised you. That's how society <laughs> turned you out. Seriously. I don't know. So I, like, yeah, it was really hard. And even here in New York as a 30 year old woman going to doctors, it, it took me a really long time here to find a doctor that would prescribe it. Like I went to a woman for like six months and I was like, this is why I'm here. Like this, this is like what my goal is. This is why I'm here. I literally want this. And she had all like literally all these other things that I had to do. I had to like stop drinking. I had to like start doing all, like all, oh all these God. things. And I did all of them and it was like six months. And she, I don't know if like she was just fucking with me and like, I don't know if she didn't ha- actually have a license to be able to prescribe medication. Like, I don't know what it was, but I saw her for six months being like, I am here like from the get go. I am here for Adderall. Like that's yeah. that's why I'm here. I I know that I have this. It runs in my family. Here's yeah. my like history. Like I'm not just trying to get drugs for to like sell on the street. Like oh I God. literally need this to be a normal functioning human being. It's just it's really hard. It's so really what, hard. What are some ways that you cope now that you're off the meds? Oh, it's a lot of diet. There are different like chia seeds are really great. Um, for just HD? different. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I just think like herbally, I also have like a really fantastic um, herbalist by me that is like her goal is all about like using natural um, remedies to help deal with things too. So um, I, I try and meet with her. I, uh, she gives me different teas and tinctures and different things. And you know, it's something that like we constantly are evaluating because it is changing. And obviously with like having the kid, like what's safe at that time and like what's going on because it is it does change. It's not one pill or whatever. One tincture is going to be the solution. It's going to work forever. Like, you know, yeah, that's life a... changes. Scenarios change. Your you yeah. know, habits change. And it's important to make sure that you're dealing with your mental health as well and allowing that to be flexible. I don't think that there's ever like a set stone of like, okay, we got it figured out. It's all handled. You're good to go, Carol. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, oh my like God, yes. So, I think flexibility is like a huge takeaway is that like, if anything, there's not going to be a solution that's always going to fix your problems. Like it's might change over the years, like what works for you and when you're 30 might not work for you now. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I, you know, again, for women specifically, tune into your like hormonally what's going on because Again, like when I was at that school, like they diagnosed me as bipolar and it wasn't that I was bipolar. I PMSed so hard. Like I got enraged when I was PMSing. Like I literally wanted to kill people when I was PMSing. I could do a whole episode on that. (laughs) (laughs) You should. 
I'm not sure if it's that, you know, hormones now that I'm older have stabilized or that I'm more aware of it or now, you know, now that I've had a kid, it's not as bad. But like my husband, like he knows and he can vouch for like that. It, it, it's crazy. I'm a different person when I'm PMSing versus when I'm not. And I, <laughs> we would always get in fights. And I finally like said to him, <laughs> um, this was actually pretty recently. I said to him, I was like, listen, babe, there's like one week a month that I just like really need you to be like overly attentive and overly <laughs> nice to me one week a month the rest of the time like whatever it's fine but like this one week and you know it like it's <laughs> not a secret like just fucking get on page with me like if I need to put like a you know post-it note on the cabinet hey I'm PMSing like I will but like you know as my partner like you just know I'm gonna be easily triggered this week how <laughs> like, long have you guys been together We've been together for 10 years. Nice. Yeah. So, so he, he should know by now. But, you know, whatever. He's got his own stuff going on, too. Like, yeah. you know, it's hard to put that on him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to make sure that I'm okay while I'm PMSing. Like, you know, that's that's not really fair. for It's not his responsibility. But, but again, like, as a partner, a spouse, like, you can be aware of, like, when that's going on. And just, like, you know, hey, honey, here's some cookies. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's all about communicating when you are going through that. Sometimes you need a post-it note. Yeah. You know, it's not easy being in a relationship with a mentally, like, ill person. I don't like using that term. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, but it's, there's things we can do, too. Definitely. And, you know, I think that, like, as a spouse, like, it is important to just to be understanding and to know that what's happening in that moment, like, it's not, again, for you, like, for me and for you to know, like, that's not forever. That's not everything. It's like, my mind is wrapped up in something crazy right now. And like, that doesn't mean that that's like a reflection on our relationship all the time. Like, in this moment, yeah, maybe. But like, it's not always like, that. Yeah, <laughs> like I, for don't, sure. I don't always feel that way. So yep. that's hard. I think it's just Having, I just like having understanding for each other, I think is just so important. Everybody's got their own shit. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for people who might be diagnosed with ADHD, but they don't have a lot of resources? Oh, man, I really I would like to say, be an advocate for yourself. And like, one thing that's really helped me was like keeping a journal and just like, I know it sounds silly, but like marking. And that was really when I started to, to like correlate the like PMS, my episodes would be like, I started a journal and just like noting of like, when I'm struggling, and when I'm on my period and those different things. Um, and what just kind of marking, what does that mean? Well, I just mean like marking it in a journal. Being oh, like, okay. like today I feel like crap today. I'm like super angry and like the littlest things are setting me off and I don't know why. Um, the other thing that I personally really have resonated or what's really resonated with me is paying attention to the moon cycles because we are as humans like 70% water and I think that really really important to I mean for me astrology and like has that's always been a part of my life and I just think it's really important I don't think really important I just think it's another resource that you can look at to try and understand what's going on with you because I think it is just think like when you're trying to go and talk to somebody like you're obviously like you're looking for answers you're looking to figure it out and I think it's hard because you can't like I said you can't really count on someone that you talk to once a month to be able really give you insight and I think the more really just like facts and data that you can like 
bring to them is going to really help them understand it as well as you. Like once you start paying attention to it, like you really get to know yourself so much more. Tracking like your periods, tracking the moon cycles, tracking like what you're eating, tracking, you know, I, I just think like once you buy tracking it and gain so much insight and really start to understand because you're making that conscious effort to be like, okay, what's going on? What's setting me off? Instead of just being like, oh, I have ADHD. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And like, I think it's really hard, like the whole like labeling system of like, oh, I have this. Oh, I've been diagnosed with this. Oh, I have this. Because I think that can be a cop out sometimes of like, oh, well, I have ADHD. So like, I'm not good at that. You know, it's like, well, you know, it could be a weakness of yours. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't get good at it or you can't learn to manage it or yeah. Yeah, for sure. In terms of resources, again, it's been, I've struggled. It's been really hard. It's been really, really hard for me to find. um, And I think just like, don't think that like the first person you see or talk to is going to be the one keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. You will eventually find someone that is able to hear you, but it's hard. It's really hard to find them. You know, it's like finding a boyfriend, like that's hard. Right? So like, Amen. <laughs> or you find, like a therapist that's supposed to understand you too. Like that's, you know, that's going to be a hard task too. So what if um, there was like a tender for therapists? Oh my God, that would be amazing. You heard it here first, you guys. I think well, they have those those new like apps that you can like text. I'm feeling bad today. Oh yeah, I'm like, like um... yeah. There's other ones of like you could text somebody, which I like. I really wonder if it is because I've read so much about like AI and like the you know they have like there is an app out there where you can like upload your like dead friends' emails and like social media accounts into them and then like you can talk to your dead friend i'm not kidding this is a real thing oh my god that's like a black mirror episode in real life it's a totally it is it, it is, is. that literally black happened mirror. on that show it, it did and it is actually based on a true real thing in real life oh my god that's upload freaky. all the emails all the social media accounts and then you can text with this person and granted, it's just AI. So anyway, the point that I was getting to is that I wonder those apps, if you're actually talking to a real person or oh my God. like an AI that they've created <laughs> to be like, how are you feeling today? If any of you guys have experience with these um, therapists, let us know. Yeah, I'd love to hear if someone's like ha- found success with them or if they found them helpful at all. For um, sure. But in the meantime, be your own advocate. I love that you said that because that's honestly yeah. like the best piece of advice. Like, yeah, just like don't let yourself be a victim to what they tell you. Like, don't let that's like the stamp or the label that they put upon you be the dictator for your life because that's it's somebody's opinion. Like, yes, <laughs> right? They're just opinions. Like, you it's have not agency. Old. You're your own person. Exactly. Well, this was fun. I have to run to work now. I- Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I know. I'm a blabber. I talk a lot. No, I love it. The time went by so fast with you. I wish we could talk for like more, but I'm so glad we finally did this. Me too. I hope people find it helpful. I hope that people find it, you know, good. I'm, like I said, I'm super nervous. I'm not one to put it out there, but, you know, I think it's really important to talk about. Have a wonderful day at work. Thanks. And you have a good day too. Bye. Hey guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to follow Pickles on Vodka on social media, I'm on Instagram at Pickles on Vodka Podcast, Facebook, same thing. Uh, I do have a Twitter that I rarely use, but you can follow me there 
at my handle pickles vodka. You can also email me at pickles and vodka podcast at gmail.com with literally anything. I love hearing about how you liked the episodes. If you have a topic you really want me to address, bring it to me. I love it when people ask if they can be on the show. Um, I, I even had someone say, oh, I would love to be on your show, but I don't think I'm interesting enough. Um, let me tell you, I think everyone is super interesting and everyone has different stories that people can find relatable and that shouldn't be bottled up uh, pertaining to mental health. So hit me up if you want to be a guest. I have so many great episodes in the works and I can't wait to share them with you guys. I hope your week is off to a great start. I know March was shitty for a lot of people, but April will be different. Love you guys. Have a good week and take care of yourselves. Bye.